Good morning, church. Good to see you in the house. You may be seated this morning. We're so grateful that you chose to be here. Happy New Year. Anybody break their New Year's resolution already? All right. Hey, can I tell you, there's grace. A few of you, okay? All right, we can start over, right? Uh, but hey, we're, we're grateful that you're here. If you're a first-time guest with us, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, a couple ways that can help us connect with you. If you're here and want more information about uh, getting connected, uh, first off, you can, as you exit these doors, there's a welcome desk right there. We have uh, people stationed there. We'd be happy to talk to you about any of our ministries here. Uh, we can give you info on that. We have a gift for you. Uh, so we'd love for you to stop by there. Also, you can use our digital platform. You can use the QR code that's right there and scan it with your phone. That's a great way. It's going to give you, uh, take you to a link tree. It has our, our digital bulletin. It has a connect card where you can submit prayer requests. Or if you want more information about ministries, you can use that. It will uh, connect you to our giving platform there as well. So encourage you to scan that, use that. It's a great opportunity to get connected here. But we're so grateful that you're here this morning. Hey, lots of things gearing up and getting ready to happen here in Anastasia. Uh, January 17th, our Wednesday night ministries are going to be kicking back off. Uh, so you want to make sure you put that on your calendar. This means our kids' ministry, uh, our youth ministries, our men's and women's ministries, a few other our uh, care ministries are going to be gearing up too. So you want to make sure that you put that on your calendar and register. Uh, again, a lot of things happening here, and so we're excited about them. One of the big things that we're really, really excited about is our third annual men's champion event. And I have John Scripco here to tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, it's a happy new year because I did my testimony this year and a church asked me to come back and help with a men's event. So that's a good thing for 2024. So ladies, pull out your phones. I want you to put in this here. Saturdays, February 4th. Third. Third? Fourth. To leap year. Fourth. Third. Whatever day it is, Saturday, first Saturday in February, make sure you put it on the calendar. Make sure you kick your guys out of the house. Tell them to come to Anastasia. He's got a math formula for them. What do you get when you put horsepower throwing and barbecue together you get a men's event right now come on Anastasia it's a you're in church let me hear you come on where the guys come on guys oh come on you're better than that if you want to get involved you want to come to the event right out here it's gonna make it easy for you guys you exit the, the CLC go to the men's room and you turn around and you look at the wall go west there's a flat screens right there there's a table set up there to get signed up if you want to get involved beforehand and help us out with some of the gifts that we're trying to get or get involved the day of, either clean up or set up, please let us know. We want to have you out there. This is a time to invite your neighbor, your friend, your coworker, that person that annoys you next door that you know they need salvation because they've been blowing their leaves into your yard. Bring them in here. We're asking everybody to come because it's a great time. Great speaker coming down. We've got a former Marine, Urah. Tim Lee, who is a national evangelist who's a Vietnam War veteran, and he's going to come and lead us in a great message. But it's a great time of fellowship and barbecue, horsepower, and axe throwing. Right. And so the first, I understand the first 10 guys that come and register, they're going to get beef jerky right there. Slim Jims and beef jerky. Slim Jim and beef jerky if you sign up this morning. Breakfast so. of champions this morning. <laughs> Thanks, John. Let's give John a round of applause. We're excited about our men's event. At this time, I want to invite uh, Julia Murray and Nate Vance to come out here and uh, uh, Julia and Nate got to take um, some of our college and young adult students to Passion, which is a gathering of young adults, 55,000 of them. Is that right? Yes. And apparently a couple of them are over here this morning. And a little so. tired maybe. But Julia, can you just give us a little recap of Passion and, and what that is? Absolutely. So we um, took 25 of our students here at Anastasia to join a group of 55,000 
18 to 25 year old students in the heart of Atlanta. And it was an incredible time. We had wonderful um, preaching and speaking, teaching over us. Incredible time of worship and just a building up of community in general. And it was so amazing. There was a point on the last morning where the band had stopped playing. They were ready to transition into the next moment. But the hunger of these young adults to continue worship, we spent the next 10 minutes just singing out to God. And it was such a beautiful experience to be a part, to see this next generation who's so on fire for the Lord and so eager for what's to come. So thank you so much, church family, for allowing us to take our students there, for allowing us to be a part of this. And um, you're gonna see the fruits of this. And I'm so excited for what's to come. Thank you, Julia. Part of your support as a church goes to help fund our college and young adults. And so, Julia, this has been your uh, fourth year as our college ministry director. And um, Julia is actually stepping down from leading our college ministry. She's going to be here at Anastasia still, uh, but just feel the Lord leading her in this season to step down. And so, first of all, we want to thank Julia for her heart. Not only has she served as our college and young adult minister, she's done so much with Vacation Bible School and many other areas. So we're incredibly thankful for you, Julia, and all that you've done. And as Julia is stepping down, uh, our personnel committee has selected Nate Vance uh, to step in as our new college and young adult minister. And Nate has already been serving in our, uh, the well ministry uh, for the last year and a half. And so we're just excited and anticipating on all that the Lord is going to do through him and excited in this next season. So I want you to continue to pray for Julia and, and just show her your gratitude, uh, but be praying for Nate as he steps in. But will you join me in just praying over both Julia and Nate? And if you'll just reach out your hands as a symbol of your prayers. Uh, Lord, we love you so much, God. We thank you uh, so much for Julia's faithfulness to serve over these last four years. And God, all that she has done and just has led the ministry well, Lord. And so pray blessings over her and her family. Uh, Father, we ask that as Nate steps in uh, to this new role, God, that you would use him in power, Lord. And God, we're just expectant as to what you're gonna do for future generations, Lord. Uh, thank you for this church who supports and gives so that our, uh, our future generations can hear the gospel, Lord. Thank you for them investing in, in uh, this next generation, Lord. And God, may you bless that and honor that. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. What a great morning it's been. What a great year it's been so far. I'm excited to be with you guys in, um, in church this morning and to be gathered here with you to, to praise the name of Jesus. I was there at Passion as well. We had 55, 60,000 people all reaching their hands up, praising the Lord because they wanted to. Not out of obligation, not because they felt like they needed to play a part or, 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 or do anything that somebody else was expecting them to do, but they were all there and it was amazing because they wanted to be there, praising the Lord. It was so cool to hear those messages and to see so many people all there um, for the glory of the Lord, to, to praise his name. And, and, and it's kind of like when you go to camp, when you go to those retreats and you get that camp high, you get that, that, really, that experience where you're just like on fire, ready to go. That's kind of where we are right now, which is pretty cool. So my name's Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and um, I get the opportunity to, to bring you guys the message this morning. Do you guys remember 2020? Do you remember COVID? Remember when all that went down? We had the masks. We lost, there were job losses. Remember that? The lockdowns and the fear from all of that. Remember um, going to the grocery store, and you felt like the world was going to end? It really felt like it was, it was like 
it was over, you know, the, the shelves were empty, nobody was talking to anybody, remember that? Remember how weird it felt for everything? And um, everybody was skeptical of everything, everybody was judging everybody based on their opinion on, on what was right, you couldn't trust anybody, you couldn't believe anything. Remember, we stopped shaking hands with people, right? We stopped shaking hands, we stopped hugging people. I had a friend of mine come and visit from Canada kind of shortly after that time. And he came and he, and, and I, he came off the, off the airplane and saw him at the airport. And I said, hey, Rick, man, how's it going? I gave him a great big hug. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's my microphone, I think. I don't know if that's like keeps, keeps doing that. But he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we, allowed to, um, are we allowed to hug? And I was like, yeah, man, we live in Florida. It's like the, the land of the free and the home of the brave right here, right? right? We live in Florida. We can hug. Give me a hug. Wrap it up. Right? And so, um, so remember, the, remember the drive-by birthday parties? We, did, we had one of those, and people would, like, you'd put the sign out in the front yard, and people would drive by, and they'd, like, throw gift cards at them and stuff like that, and you'd wave, and you'd be like, happy birthday. That was, that was kind of it. And, and this is one that I still, don't, um, I still don't quite understand. If you're watching on the web, I, I apologize if this is you, but I've seen it happen. I saw it just, like, a couple of weeks ago. Remember when or you see people, like, driving in their car by themselves wearing a mask? I'm like... I just don't quite get that one, but people did it every, every week, every day. You know, you see it all over the place. And then New Year's Day 2021 comes along. And remember like how we were just ready to get 2020 behind us. Remember that? You're thinking, okay, 2021, this is our year. Everything was kind of starting to settle down a little bit and we started to come together a little bit. And we're like, I can't wait for what 2021 has in store for us. It was three years ago. Isn't that crazy? It was three years ago. And then just last week, we were all like, 2023 is over. I'm looking forward to 2024. I can't wait to see what 2024 is going to do. You know, and there's churches all over, all over the country that in the last couple of weeks, they're preaching sermon series called Brand New You, Brand New Year. They're like, like this is going to be a fresh start and a fresh wind and revival is going to happen and, and, and blessings are in the storehouse. And they may be using scriptures like Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, which says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And that's a great verse. And he does have great plans for us. They might be using verses like John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. And he did come to give us life and more abundantly. But they may be using verses like um, uh, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they may have these really positive, great messages about how awesome this next year is going to be. You know, 2023 hasn't been a pandemic kind of year, right? It hasn't been quite pandemic, but it's been rough for a lot of people. In a lot of ways. And if you're ever going through something difficult, it doesn't take much to look around. You kind of notice there's a lot of people really kind of at any point in time that are going through really difficult circumstances. Just two weeks ago, Christmas Eve, I saw somebody right out here in the atrium. It was his first time ever to come to our church. He might be here right now. He said he was going to come back um, next week, which was last week. And um, I, said, I said, hey, how's it going? You know, as I passed around the lobby, I said, hey, how you doing? Merry Christmas. And he looked at me and he says, I can barely keep it together. I can't say another word or I'm about to lose it. And I believed him. I prayed for him. And I hope that he's come back um, and, and he's going through something really, really difficult. 
Like I said, 2023 was in a pandemic kind of year, but it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's over, right? In a lot of ways, I'm glad it's over. I'm looking at 2024, um, but because 2024 has got to get better, right? It's got to get better than, than it's been. It's going to get better, right? <laughs> I hope it's going to get better. I have a question. But what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't get better? What if it's not better? What if my microphone doesn't get any better, right? What's that going to do, right? Well, I'm serious, though. Like, I hope it gets better. I hope that we have a fantastic year. Somebody described, um, they described us in America, and we, when we talk about what goes good in our lives, they talked about it as being up and to the right. You know, when you look at like graphs and things, right? Right? They say it's up and to the right, and that means that everything is going great when things are up and to the right. And 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 what if it's not though? What if things fall apart? What if the housing market plummets this year? We don't have a crystal ball, right? You ever got anybody in finance or in the real estate market? They say, "Oh, I don't know what the, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody has a crystal ball." They like to say that that phrase. Nobody has a crystal ball. Well, I don't. What if the housing market plummets? What if, what if things actually get worse? What if you know, your marriage is on the rocks? What if it actually happens and, and, and you actually go through the divorce? What if the medical report comes in? You've gotten the biopsy done. You felt the, you felt the pain. You went into the doctor. You said, well, I don't, don't worry yet. Don't worry yet. You go, you get the thing done. You get the test done. And all of a sudden, the medical report comes back. And it's worse than you thought. What if it actually is cancer? What if it actually is malignant? What if it actually has metastasized and, and, and spread? What if this year isn't any better? And remember, let me remind you on this one. It's an election year, right? We love those, especially in Florida, right? I moved here a few years ago from Broward County. That was really bad, right? Broward County can't get their act together, right? But we're up here. It's all right. But, but election year, don't you, can't you just like, are you excited about the news cycle that's coming up? Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know, everybody bickering about everything, leftists being leftists and deplorables being deplorables, Right? And, and what if you're, what, this year, what if your candidate doesn't get elected? What if your party doesn't win? Right? What if your candidate doesn't get on the ballot? What are you going to do then? Right? What does that say about your faith? What does that mean about God? If this year it all falls apart for you, what does that mean about God? Does that mean that you're alone? Does that mean that he's punishing you? Does that mean that he isn't aware of it? Does it mean he doesn't care? Does it mean that he's mad at you? My last message on this stage, I said, if it's not good, God's not done, right? And some of you may, may remember that. You may uh, have, have felt inspired by that one. I sure have. And you look around, you may see that God's not done, and God is working, and he's doing something. And, and, but when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of something going on, when you're in the middle of this, this sinful experience we call life, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be, what does your faith look like? How strong is it? What does your faith depend on? What is the content of your faith. I'm going to look at some scriptures today that will hopefully give us a good perspective and hopefully inspire us no matter what 2024 looks like for you, whether it is a rocking year or whether it all falls apart. Maybe some of these verses will carry you through anything that this world can throw at you. So I want you to open up 
your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. As you turn there, um, I want to explain, just give you a little context for this story. This is a story of three Hebrew guys. They're named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When, uh, when I was a kid, um, the, the guy teaching the Bible story, he called him shake the bed, make the bed, and bed we go. But uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three Hebrew guys. This was, this was um, the, the, the time when, when Jerusalem was sacked by Babylon, came in. The armies of the north, they came in. And uh, uh, the, the Israel was, was spread out all over the place. And there were some that stayed in the area. And they stayed in the, uh, in, in the kingdom of Babylon. And they worked within there. And everybody else spread out. And they went north. They went south. They went all over. And then you had these three guys who were in the courts of King Nebuchadnezzar. And they were Hebrew guys trying to maintain their Hebrew religion and their Hebrew culture. And, and they, were, they were in the courts of the king. And the king made this great big huge statue. And he said, everybody in the whole land has to bow down when we play all the music. And everybody's got to bow down to the statue made of me. They got to worship me. And so everybody did. And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down. And, cause, and so all the other people were like, whoa, 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 they got to bow down. They got to bow down or else we need to kill them because we need to not have anybody disobeying. And so the king came in and said, hey, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. He made this big fiery furnace where he was going to chunk them in there and he was going to kill them, right? He's going to burn them alive if they didn't do what he said. And that's where we come here to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to look at verses um, 16, 17, and 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer regarding this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the fiery furnace of blaze, uh, the, the, the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. That was pretty bold. Can you imagine? Like standing before the king, who could just be like, off with your head. And you're like, we, we serve God. And we don't have to give an answer to you. And because we serve the one that can, that, that can save us from even your power, king. Woo! Okay, but even if he does not rescue us, if you have your Bible with you, I want you to underline that, circle it, highlight it. Even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Even if he doesn't. So why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know that God could save them? They said, we know that God can save us, but even if he chooses not to, we won't worship you. That's what I want us to realize this morning, is that even if everything falls apart, we can still know that God is who he says he is, and God will do what he says he will do. How do we know that? Right here. This is how we know everything we know about who God is. I tell the youth group all the time, don't just take my word for it. Don't let your faith be dependent on my relationship with God. You will be sorely disappointed, okay? So you need to read this for yourself. It needs to come into your eyes. And then that will come into your heart. 
And as it goes into your heart, it'll come out through your life. Don't just believe me on it. Don't just take my word for me on it. Uh, but actually, as a matter of fact, I ask, I ask youth group all the time, challenge me on it. If I say something that sounds kind of funky and you've read something in the word that doesn't, that, that doesn't match, say, hey, Pastor Jeremy, I heard you said this, but this says that. You know what? This one's right. Go ahead, clap for that. This one's always right. So how did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know this is who God is? Because God can save me. They knew this. They knew the scripture. They knew first that God is omnipotent. God has all power to do all things. God is unlimited in his space, in his time, in his power, in his knowledge. And he is unlimitable. We cannot limit God even if we tried to. God can do all things that can be done. There's a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 26 and 27. It says this. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, Look, I am the Lord, the God over every creature. Is anything too difficult for me? Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing He has all power to do all things. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, this may be your life verse. It says that he is able to do above and beyond all that we could hope or ask for. He is able. He is omnipotent. He is unlimited and unlimitable. He has all the power to do anything he can I heard a sermon in a whole sermon series, you may have heard it, um, from a church up in Jacksonville, and it said, if the tomb is empty, then anything is possible. If the tomb is empty, anything is possible. No matter what you're going through, God can do whatever God wants to. The next thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew is that God is omniscient. That means that God knows all things that can be known. There is no new information that God receives. He does not happen upon something and say, oh, I didn't realize that. There is no circumstance in your life that surprises God. So God never makes a decision based on new information to him. In, for, in our experience, it happens in time and space. And so we say, oh, God gave us this, and now I've done this, and I've ruined this, so maybe God made a mistake in what he gave me, or maybe I I don't deserve this now because of what I've done, or what I've thought, or what I've experienced, or whatever. But God knew everything that was going to happen when he gave it to you. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't give anything that's not good. God doesn't do anything that he's like, oh, that that wasn't the right thing to do, because he's all-knowing. It even says in other scriptures, it says that God knows everything that can be known, even down to the hairs on your head. That's a little easier for some than others. Can I get an amen? Right? He's like, I like this, this Carlton guy. He's got a few for me to count. Anyway, so, um, so <laughs> I didn't get that in there. Um, 100, uh, Psalm 139 verse 4 says this. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my laying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. This was from the Psalms. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. They knew that God knows everything about them. And that doesn't change. God is omnipresent. 
They knew that God was in all places at all times. God is like the author of a book. How can he be in all places at all times? God is here tomorrow, right now, and yesterday, and across the world. It's just when you think in terms of time and space, it doesn't make sense to us. Because God is outside of time and space. I like to think of God as like the author of the book. He writes the book and he can go, boom, he's at the beginning. Boom, he's at the end. Because it's all in his mind, right? He's outside of it. He's not having to work through the story with us. He's already outside of it. He's already there. He's here and here just by holding the book. Does that make sense? It's not a perfect illustration, but it kind of shows that God, it, the, the, the theological word is transcendent, right? God is other. He is outside of us. He's beyond us, and especially when it comes to time and space. So he's in all of the places at all of the times, always. How did they know that? Psalm chapter 115, verses 2 and 3. It says, oh, that's, that's uh, the next one. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. It says, I think David said this when he was like in the caves. He said, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And if I go up to heaven, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you're there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the, on the horizon <clears throat> in the west, you're there. Even there, your hand will lead me, your right hand will will hold on to me. God is everywhere. There is nowhere you can go to escape from God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew this about God. So they knew that this is who God is. So no matter what he chooses, we will not worship. We will not worship the, the idol. And so that brings me to the next one that they knew is they knew that God is sovereign. What does that mean? God is sovereign means that God does whatever God wants to do. And when he does that, it is always right. And it's always perfect. When God does whatever he wants, it's always right. God does not give a wrong gift. God does not make a wrong action. God does not do something that he doesn't want to do because now now we can affect God's emotions that's why we praise him with music have you ever had somebody sing you a song and it touches a, a, a part of your emotions that nothing else will that's why we use music because it touches a part of God's emotions that nothing else will right and so we can affect God's emotions but if God decides that he wants to do something it's always right because he is in complete control of whatever he wants to do. We know that God is sovereign. Psalm chapter 115, verses 2 and 3. says, why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven and does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he wants to. So we can know that if he gives us something, that if he takes something from us, that if he gives us the consequences that we deserve, or if that he is merciful and withholds the consequences that we deserve, it's good. It's good because God has chosen it, because God wants it. 
And every good and perfect gift comes from above. And one amazing characteristic of God is that God is what we call, he is immutable. That means that God is unchangeable. These attributes, these characteristics that God is in all places at all times, he knows all things that can be known, he, he has all power to do all things that can be done, he is sovereign. These things do not change about God. He is always omnipotent. He is always omniscient. He is always uh, omnipresent. All of these things are who he always is. And if the election happens like that, that in a way that we didn't want it to happen, or if we get cancer, or, if, or if, if something bad happens, there's a car accident, or something happens, everything falls apart, God is always the same. Amen. He does not shift like the sands. He does not shift and change like our emotions, like our circumstances, like anything in this world. So we can praise God because we know he is constant when everything in this, anything in this world will disappoint us, will let us down, will hurt us, can mess up, can change, can shock us. God doesn't. Malachi chapter three, verse six says, because I, the Lord, have not changed, you descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. James chapter one, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. He is always good. He is always truth. He is always light. He is always love. He is always holy. He is always perfect in everything he does. Amen. There is no God like him. That's why we come to worship him. That's why we come to learn about him. But sometimes we go through things in this world. And the Bible is very clear that this is the experience for all of us. Matthew chapter five, verse 45. Jesus said, it rains on the just and the unjust. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's why sometimes bad things happen to good people, and sometimes good things happen to good people. That's why sometimes things happen in other countries where there's genocide and there's, there's, there's uh, disease, and so, that's why sometimes children die. That's sometimes why, why heinous crimes happen. That's sometimes why something good happens to somebody who cheats. And that's why it, 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 the, the, this, this experience is the same for all of us because it rains on the just and the unjust. We all will go through something. It's not always gonna, even if you're in the middle of the will of the Lord, it's not always gonna be perfect. It's not always gonna be right. It's not always gonna be good. John the Baptist was probably one of the best humans to ever live other than Jesus, Right? Six months, born six months before Jesus was born. He was the one that was chosen to prepare the way. He preached. He lived uh, in, in the woods with like, the camel skin and ate the locusts and honey, right? He, he was the guy who was, if anybody was righteous, it was John the Baptist preaching the coming of Jesus and all of that. He baptized Jesus. Jesus asked him to baptize him. That's a pretty godly dude. He was in the middle of the will of the Lord and he got put in jail and because some girl in the, in the, in the royal courts wanted, to, wanted this to happen, he had his head cut off. 
He was in jail probably praying, God, please release me so that I can go and preach your word. And you knew that he would have so that I can go and minister to people because he knew that they needed it so that I can go and do what you want me to do. And what happened? His head was cut off. Do you think that John was like, oh, well, God must not love me. No, because to live is Christ and to die is gain. For him, it did work out well. It, it was okay, just not in the way that he thought God might should have shown up for him. Things didn't get better for Jesus. Jesus was in the middle of the will of God. A lot of times people will say, um, the safest place for you to be is in the will of God. That's hobby gosh, right? Um, and so like the, the safest place is not for you to be in the will of the Lord. It's the best place for you to be though. Jesus was in the middle of the will of God to save the planet from their sinfulness. And he was in the garden of Eden and he said, or the garden of uh, Gethsemane. And he said, I don't want this to happen. If there's any other way, that's how we can know that there was no other way. There was no other way that we could have a relationship with God except for that Jesus Christ would come to this earth, live a perfect life, and die a sacrificial death. It was an awful thing to happen. And Jesus was in the middle of the will of God, and, he, and even Jesus prayed, please know God, anything else. And God did what God wanted to do, and it was perfect, and it was right, and it was good. But Jesus was killed. It didn't work out how he would have wanted it to happen. Job chapter 1, verse 21. We might know the story of Job where God tested him, uh, the devil tested him, and God allowed it to happen, and Job lost his family, he lost, lost his crops, he lost his land, he lost his, his, his um, livestock, he lost his family, he lost his health, he lost everything. And at the end of it, he said, I came into this world with nothing, I will leave with nothing, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That God doesn't change no matter what your experience is. God's goodness and holiness and omnipotence and all of that is not dependent on our experience. So God might not take you out of the fire. God not, might not remove the trial from you. But he'll either be with you in it or he'll carry you through it. While Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were there and they said... Even if he doesn't, we won't bow. And they took them and they threw them into that fiery furnace. And when Nebuchadnezzar looked in there, I don't know how he looked in there. Was it over the top? Was he from afar? When he looked into the fire, he said, didn't we throw three guys, three guys in there? Because I think I see four. The fact that you see anybody walking around in there, I mean, it should have been like, like incinerated. But he saw four guys. He said, the fourth one looks like the son of man. We believe that that was Jesus. In the fire with them. Can you imagine what that was like? Hey, we're all right. Oh, hey, Jesus, dude. He's like, yeah, what's up? Hey, Jesus. You know, he's like, dude, I got you guys. They didn't even smell like smoke when they came out. There was not a hair burned on, on their body. And they're like, dude, how long you want to stay in here for? I don't know. Jesus is here. I'm good with that. He's like, until they call us out. But I hope they don't call us out because I'm enjoying being in here with Jesus. They were walking around. Can you imagine what? Like, Rod, this is so cool. Look, I can put my hand through the flames and ain't doing nothing. Like, yeah, Jesus, dude, I knew, I knew he could do it. I knew he could do it. You know, it was probably so cool. And they came out and Jesus was 
in the fire with them. But it doesn't always work out like that. Then there was Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And Stephen was stoned to death for his faith. And Jesus showed up for him, but he was in the clouds. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And Jesus was like, come on, come on, I want you up here. I want you up here. Didn't work out for Stephen like it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. William Tyndale was a guy who who translated the scriptures and brought it into the the hands, uh, the, 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 the common language and got it into the hands of the people, the common people. And the people in religious power were threatened by it. And they burned him alive because he wouldn't recant from what he was doing. It didn't work out for William Tyndale like it worked out for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the Egyptian Coptic Christians in 2015 when ISIS was all over the world and we were, we were like, you know, freaking out. They're putting videos all over the place and everything. And these, these, they, they marched all these guys down on the beach. Every one of them had their heads cut off for their faith. It didn't work out for them like we would have, like we might have chosen it, right? But God is still good, no matter what. When I was in Fort Lauderdale, we had a a family, husband and wife, they had four girls and they were pregnant with their fifth girl. And mom, Christina, she gave birth to the fifth daughter. And we didn't know it, nobody knew it. She was bleeding internally. And she was bleeding internally and she bled so much that she lost blood pressure to her brain and didn't have blood to the brain. They weren't sure how much it would affect her. So while she was on some form of life support, we were all praying. And there, these were, there was such a good family, such a good family. They had five girls that needed their mother. And we had people praying all over the world, countries all over the place. We were praying for Christina. And she didn't make it. God didn't show up how we wanted him to. It doesn't mean that he's not good. And that all might sound a little bit extreme. But God doesn't want you to get divorced. God doesn't want you to go through medical trauma. He doesn't want you to have cancer. He doesn't want you to have to bury your children. He doesn't want, to have to, he doesn't want you to have to lose your spouse. He doesn't want you to experience financial tragedy. He doesn't want you to go through the fire. He doesn't want you to have to be in a lion's den. But while you're in there, he'll teach you. While you're down, he will reveal himself to you. He will show you more about yourself. He will show you more about him. He will show you his ways. He will transform you into something better. He will make you stronger. He will carry you. He will speak to you because he's still good. He's still loving. He still knows everything. He's still holy. He's still in all places at all times. And he still forgives. God is who God is no matter what we go through. What a good God he is. What a good God he is. And you might be in a good place right now. You might be like, okay, I'm not going through anything right now. You might be about to. Maybe you just came out of something. Maybe you're about to be in a good place right now. If you're in a good place right now, you're role then is not just to coast down the straightaway. 
We praise God anyway. And this place, this place here is not just a club for Christians. This is not just a place for us to be comfortable because there are people at the amphitheater right down there every Friday and Saturday night and all during the week that need Jesus. We need to reach them. There are people that vacation here that come here a lot. You know that they they come here a lot and they come here and they need Jesus and we need to show it to them. There's people out on the beach that will never step foot in this church and we need to reach them for the gospel. If we're in a place where it's pretty good, we need to not coast, but we need to be on fire and ready to go and, and sharing with them that when they're going through something that we serve a God who doesn't change and can meet them where they are. So if you're going through something... God is good, and he's got you. He'll meet you where you are. If you're not going through something, there are people here every week that we need to open our eyes to. There are people outside every week that we need to open our eyes to, and we need to meet them where they are and share the light of Jesus with them. So as we sing this last song, if God's leading you, saying, man, I want to be part of that. You never put your faith in God? Come on down here and we're gonna have, we, we can talk with you about it. If you wanna be part of, of what God is doing here, you wanna put your faith in God for the first time, come on right down here during this song and come and let me know about it. Let, let one of our counselors know about it. We'll, we'll chat with you about it. If you wanna recommit your life, you're like, well, I didn't realize that God was all like that and I, I wanna refresh my commitment to him. Come down here and, and, and make that kind of public. Make that kind of, like put some, put some words to it and say, hey, I wanna do this. Make that commitment. If you want to get baptized for the first time, you're like, hey, I put my faith in the Lord, but I haven't been baptized. I need to take that step of obedience. Come down here and tell us, and we'll get you on the schedule, and we'll baptize you. Maybe you just need to come down here and pray. The altar is a place where we can do business with God. Come down here and just pray. So as we sing this song, if God is leading you to make some sort of a decision, now's a good time to do it. God, we love you. We thank you so much that you are a God who doesn't change. You do not shift no matter what our experience is, what a good and mighty, powerful God you are. There is nobody like you. There is no God like you. We love you. We thank you for being here with us today. Lord, I pray that you'll move in the hearts of men and women here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
glad you're able to join us here today. If God's working in your heart, I encourage you to stay. Stay here. Talk to God. Let Him work in and through you. And if, if you're done right now, that's fine. We would love to see you here next week, and we will see you then. You guys have a great, great rest of your Sunday.